grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Having some mic troubles here, so I'm pulling over this mic just to catch up everything because our sermons are now on the website, newly redesigned website, graciousavior.org. Please check it out and uh, tell us what you think, and uh, we can make improvements to it as we go along. But we're in week five of our sermon series on the search for significance. And uh, we're using the book by John McGee and just kind of walking through it together. And so what I want to do is kind of do a quick review of the previous four weeks and use that as our launching pad for what we'll be discussing today. We talked about that one of the challenges we have is the false belief of performance. That I must meet certain standards to feel good about myself. I have to reach certain goals, certain objectives, certain qualifications that I need to do to perform to be worthy. And all of us, in some way, shape, or form, live with that false belief. Something bad happens at work, and you are not just bummed about it, but you're depressed about it. It affects the rest of your week, maybe even your month, maybe even longer. You fail to do one task or another, or there's certain life goals that you have that you just haven't accomplished or haven't worked out the way you thought they would. And because of that, you feel as if you're a second-class citizen. And that leads into fear of failure or the opposite of perfectionism. You've got to do everything perfect. If it's not perfect, then things are bad and you're tense all the time. Or you'll manipulate others so that they'll achieve success for you, that they'll look good. Sometimes dads do this with their sons and moms with their daughters. It's a fear of risk. And God's answer to that is justification. That God and his great mercy declares you justified. That you are completely forgiven and fully pleasing to God. Because of what Jesus has done for you. That you don't have to measure up. There's no standard that you need to reach to find God's favor or love or acceptance. You are his because he declares you to be so. And that results in freedom from fear of failure. An increased ability to risk and an increased ability to love. So another false belief we have, and that's a false belief of approval that I must be approved by certain others to feel good about myself. That if I can get this one other person to like me, or get the approval of this person, or if uh, other people say good things about me, well then I have value and worth in this life. And that results in a fear of rejection, or more often people-pleasing. Do you find yourself saying yes to people and to projects when the rest of your body is screaming no way, I'm exhausted then you know what this is do you find yourself making decisions and thinking what will so and so think about this how will so and so react if I do this then you know what this feels like it's overly sensitive to criticism if someone uh, says something negative about something you've done or a project you've done or something like that, it devastates you. And you may even withdraw from others because it's just safer that way. And God's answer for that is, is reconciliation. 
that you are totally accepted and loved by God. See, justification says that God declares you to be his child. And reconciliation is God loved you enough. God loves you and makes you his. You don't have to fear rejection. You don't have to fear failure. You don't have to fear being unapproved or not up to par. And that results in a freedom from fear of rejection, a willingness to be open and vulnerable and a desire to please God no matter what other people think. It's a powerful thing. We talked about blame. That sometimes when I fail, I believe that I'm unworthy of love and deserve to be punished. There's a guilt that just kind of overrides your life. And that results in a fear of punishment. That something bad happens and you think, what did, I, what did I do to make someone upset that this bad thing's happening to me? We live in a world that operates by the law of karma. Right? Something bad happens to you or someone else, ah, they're getting theirs. That's not what God does. God's not a God of karma. If God was... We're all in trouble. And I'm leading the parade. God's a God of grace. He's a God of justice. That's what the cross is all about. But he's also a God of grace. And so if we live under a fear of blame, we uh, punish ourselves, we punish others, we blame ourselves, we blame others for failure in our lives. And God's answer is propitiation. That Jesus took your guilt and my guilt upon himself, and because of that, you are free. And as Jesus said in the Gospel of John, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And that results in a freedom from fear of punishment and an ability to extend grace to others and yourself. And to more easily love yourself, others, and Jesus. That's where we're at. So how does all this... Oh, one more. Shame. Shame is like blame. It's just internalized. It's deeper. I can't change and I'm helpless. Not only am I guilty, I feel guilty. I feel bad all the time. Or most of the time. I feel shame in my life. Either shame because of what I've done or what someone has done to me. And I feel hopeless, inferior, passive, a loss of creativity, and I isolate myself. And God's answer is regeneration. You've been made brand new in Christ. You've been made brand new in Christ. The guilt is removed, and shame is erased. And as a result, experience Christ-centered confidence and joy and courage and peace and a desire to know Jesus ever more deeply. How does that happen? How does that happen? Some of you may think it happens by just becoming a better Christian. I'm going to become a better follower of Jesus. I'm going to become, I'm going to become super follower. I'm going to become mega disciple. I need more of that. And then if I get more like that, I can get that joy and peace that I'm so desperate for in my life. 
I need to be more like Tim Tebow. Right? I need to be able to sing our God is an awesome God while preparing for a football game. Do you see that clip on NFL Network? He's singing, our God is an awesome God. He's throwing a football. I'm thinking, this is right before his first start as a Denver Bronco. I'd be puking my guts. Be like, dear Lord, don't let them kill me. Don't let them kill me. I hope I can complete a pass. Just one pass, Lord. That's all I ask, right? Tebow's out there just throwing a football, singing God's praises. I need to be more like Mother Teresa. And she's a mega Christian, right? You don't get any better than Mother Teresa. I was at a conference uh, a couple years ago, and this guy is describing how he was leading this other conference, and he had scheduled Mother Teresa to speak. And so he's talking with the, the nun, who's kind of like her secretary. And he says, can we get Mother Teresa to sh- come for a conference? And the nun says, maybe. And he says, oh, okay, well, what would it take? She says, well, well, we'll schedule her, but if we're on the way to the airport and the Holy Spirit tells Mother Teresa that someone needs her help, then she'll stop and help that person and she'll miss her flight. The guy goes, okay. So we'll pray that the Holy Spirit tells her to make the flight, okay? <laughs> and she's like, well, you can do that. So they, they, she makes the flight. They get her there. And the guy thinks the best way to get her to the stage as quickly as possible is to run her through the kitchen in the back. Not realizing that there's, the hotel realized this and they spread the word spread around. All the employees lined up in the kitchen to touch Mother Teresa. And she touched every single one of them. The guy's running back up to the stage to tell the worship band, keep playing, keep playing. She's coming, just keep playing, right? You need to be a little more like that. You ever think that? I'm just missing something. And so I need to work harder. I need to be more. I need to be more like a, like a, like a Hans and Franz type. Like, you don't need to work harder. I need to get pumped up. No. But sometimes we feel we're just not Christians. <laughs> There's too much flop going on. I got my Bible. Am I waves? Yeah. Flabby. Yeah, you are so flabby. Yeah. Yeah, if you could all walk on water because you're so flabby, you just float. Flabby Christians, right? And sometimes we think that. I went to one church for three years when I was in college. Three years. And I took notes of every single sermon for three years. And I reread those notes. And not a single one of them had the gospel. It was a Christian church. They taught every single Sunday about what you had to do. You got to do this. You need to fast. You need to pray more often. You need to read your Bible more. You need to go to church more often. You need to give more. You need to uh, love Jesus more. You need to stop yelling at your kids. You need to watch what you do on your computer. And if you don't, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. And over time, does it work? How does it work? If you've worked and you 
work, you try and you try and you're exhausted. How's it supposed to work? The Bible tells us. Acts chapter 2. This is Peter's first sermon uh, in Jerusalem on Pentecost. He says this. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And the people heard this. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. How does God work in your life? By his Holy Spirit. Promised to all who believe and call the name of Lord Jesus and all who've been baptized. It's a gift. My friends, it's a gift. Jesus puts it this way. All this I've spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. Jesus sends his Holy Spirit, a counselor, who gives peace and works in your life. Paul describes it more like this in Romans 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of not being able to perform, fear of blame, fear of shame. No more. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we might share in his glory. The Holy Spirit reminds you that you are justified, that you are reconciled, that you are paid for, that you are regenerated. The Holy Spirit reminds you of your identity in Christ. And when the world says you're less than that, the Holy Spirit reminds you again that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. And the Holy Spirit allows you to be grown. See, weightlifting is not the best image for the following Jesus. I'll tell you what it is. Gives us brothers and sisters in Christ. He gives us a sacrament. 
He says, when you're in this, you grow. You will. Oh, you'll go through some winters. You'll look a little shabby every now and then. We pray, Lord God, to bring you back to the life of your springtime and grow you again. You go through tough seasons. He does. He does. See, he, to all this, is letting God do his work. Holy Spirit lives in you and breathes in you and sings through you. It might even look something like this. Oh, oops. There you go. And it didn't play.
Maybe the song you hear is Hallelujah Chorus. Maybe the song you hear is Amazing Grace. The song I always hear is If I Stand by Rich Mullins. But what you hear is God working in you. Because he promised you. Because he loves you. Put the weights down. Put the weight down. Remember Jesus' love for you. And live. And grow. And be. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen.